0: Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at BRX Team com. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to Retirement Tips Radio. I'm your host, Bo Henderson. And I'm excited today because one of the things that come up is we look in this country and one of the issues I have when we have retirement conversations, in a lot of time, a lot of cases, we're not saving enough in retirement. But where savings does happen for a lot of Americans is in their 401k plans. And I'm excited today to talk to our guest, Brian Allen, and he's going to speak to us about the importance of managing your 401k for financial freedom and, and financial, you know, just being, what can you do to maximize this and do the best you can? So welcome to Retirement Tips Radio, Brian.
2: Thank you, Bo. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, One of the questions I have, because I'm fascinated by this business in this industry, is how did you get started? Did you, were you a kid saying, I want to do, retirement planning or financial planning, or what was that path? I find some interesting paths as we talk about this stuff.
2: Uh, Well, no, not quite that clear. Uh, (laughs) I have interest in uh, finances and investing from high school. Hmm. Um, So I've been interested in it for a long time. And my degree was in economics, and I started as a financial planner with my first job right out of college. So I've been doing this for a long time. Now, I specialize in plan advising, kind of a subspecialty of financial advising um, and I started doing that took that fork in the road about 1994.
1: Well so, so this has been the career that, that so you've been doing this and, and working on this um, for your professional life what was one of the Well, what I want, want to ask is what about this book tell me a little bit about this book and we'll get dig into it a little bit later but I know there's a new book that you're rolling out.
2: Right. So so what I do for a living is, in my company, we advise the people that oversee the 401k plans for the American workers. Okay. Not just 401k plans, it's an employer, any employer sponsored retirement plan, but it's predominantly 401k plans. And within each employer, there is a group of individuals that we refer to as committees, plan committees or fiduciary committees, In my company and myself, we advise those committees on how to structure and manage the 401k plans for the best interest of the participants in those plans. Um, And that's just vitally important that those plans be managed well, that they perform well, if American workers are going to be on track for retirement.
1: And What can be done to improve the financial security for these American workers when you're dealing with this? Because you're kind of you're kind of dealing with it from a from a different angle than a lot of advisors.
2: I am. Uh, you yeah, know, we are. Uh, the first thing I would say is every employer manages their four hundred and one k themselves. Mm-hmm. So the skill of the of the individual committee members inside of those employers varies widely. And you have some employers and some plan committees that are very uh, serious about it, very formal in how they go about overseeing those plans, and other employers are not. And I wrote this book because I wanted to provide um, a basis of education for people that come onto the committee that take that role to oversee the plan, to make sure that they have a basis of knowledge and understanding so they can do a better job. If we can get these committees to be better educated, mm. have better outcomes for the for the workers that work there.
1: Well, who's, who's, who's in charge of this? So there's these committees, but whose charge would be in uh, or is that some of the problem? Nobody's really taking responsibility, but who's that point person or who's in charge of, of overseeing these, these committees you're talking about?
2: Well, one of the interesting things is it is, it is people that, it tends to be senior executives at the employer, but when they, when they step into their role as a committee member uh, overseeing the plan, they have a legal duty to no longer look out for the employer's interest, but they have a legal duty to now only look out for the participant's interest okay that's a tricky thing when if you've been the cfo you know nine hours a day five days a week and now all of a sudden you go into a meeting and you have to divorce yourself of those interests and now only think exclusively of, of the des- decisions i'm making are they in the best interest of the participants that, that's kind of a tricky thing but that is what they're tasked to do
1: all right so they work for the company during the day And then they're going to have to work for the employee. There's the. That's exactly right. Oh wow. Well, so as you talk, so how does the? I'm sure as you've dug into this and you've looked at this and what you do specifically, you've seen a wide range of people doing it very well and people doing some pretty, probably I could imagine some haphazard or just kind of not even doing things right. So, so what is the danger of not doing it right for me as an employee?
2: The biggest danger is that if, if this plan committee is haphazard about mm-hmm. their role and their responsibilities, whoever is selling them uh, the products that ends up being offered to the participants, mm-hmm. they're not scrutinized, so they can be overcharged. The performance can be bad. The investment lineup can be poor. Um, so if they have too much reliance upon their advisors, the advisors are in a position to sometimes take advantage of that. There could be conflicts of interest. Absolutely.
1: Now, is it possible, Brian, uh, could could a, a product provider, I guess a uh, custodian, uh, could they be, could they bring in fiduciary responsibility or is that that's just too conflicted, right? Because there's, I could see conflicts of interest there or does it need to be that separate? So the incident? firms
2: that do what I do, plan advisors, mm-hmm. Most of the time we do accept a fiduciary responsibility for the advice we give, but we, we can't usurp the responsibility that the plan committee itself has. So they still are the primary overseers, but we would partner with them and we would have a fiduciary responsibility, meaning we also have to look out for the participants' best interests. But other product providers like record keepers, um, which are major player in this industry, they oftentimes are not uh, fiduciaries. And so they don't have that legal responsibility.
1: Uh, what I'm thinking is we're talking through this in the book uh, is it, who is, is this for that, that person planning on more on that planning committee, or is this also for the consumer to be better educated on what to look for and ask for is there, is there a specific target or is it both?
2: No, I, I wrote the book specifically for these people that sit on the committees. Perfect. So you're this HR director, you're the CFO, you're the controller, Typically the committees have anywhere between five and a dozen members on the committee. Okay. And this book is written to provide a background and an understanding and a way for them to know whether their advisors are performing well for them. So they ultimately do a better job for their employees.
1: Somebody's listening to you and, and, and they're saying, yeah, this is something I know I need to do at a different level. I need to do better with this. What's the first thing a planning committed, a committee could do to improve?
2: Uh, the, the first thing is understand the importance of the role and take it seriously. Our country is set up so that a big part of people's financial security and ultimately their retirement security is based upon these employer retirement plans. They right. play a significant part In the financial outcomes of most Americans. So take the role seriously. And then after you take it seriously, get yourself educated. Don't just rely upon your advisors to tell you what to do and how to do it. You need to, you need to come to the table prepared to know whether they're shooting straight with you or not. And
1: here's the other side, and this is the side I imagine people don't like to talk about, but I think they probably care about it as much as anything. What's some of the bad things, what's some of the liability that can happen if things go sideways and I'm not, I haven't set this up or I'm not prepared with my plan?
2: So One of of the things that's happened in the last about 10 years, Bo, is that employees are forming class action lawsuits Mm. And they are suing their employers and these plan committees who are haphazard. And uh, hardly a week goes by that there is not a new lawsuit in the news uh, because these plans are being managed, not in the best interest of the employees, but are are alleged to be uh, in somebody else's interest.
1: Well, so we talked about conflicts of interest. and I want to jump back to that for just a, a second, just to paint a picture. Can you think of an example Brian of of when a conflict of interest became an issue or when when something really didn't work out because because there was this conflict of interest that was obvious and kind of
2: glaring? There's there's two major conflicts of interest that I would want people that sit on committees to be aware of. Okay. First is their own conflict of interest. I mentioned to you earlier that the CFO works for the employer, they get their paycheck from the employer, but when they step into that room to oversee the plan, they are obligated legally to only make decisions on behalf of the participants. So the first thing they need to realize is that they themselves can have a conflict of interest and they can make decisions on behalf of the employer in that role and that they should not do that. That's the first conflict of interest. The second conflict of interest is from the advisors themselves. So if you hire an advisor that comes to the committee and says, committee, you should put this mutual fund in the investment lineup. You want to know if that advisor has a conflict of interest in recommending that product to the committee. And, and the conflicts of interest that could be there are numerous. It could be anything from they receive a commission for mm-hmm. placing that fund on sure. the lineup, or the fund company that that they're recommending could have just taken them on an elaborate trip to the Bahamas. Right. Right. Incentives. Right. Yeah. So, so there, there are lots of conflicts of interest, but those are the primary two that I would want any committee member to be aware of and to be on guard about. Okay. Well, you're
1: listening to retirement tips radio. I'm Bo Henderson here with Brian Allen and we're talking about what needs to happen. How do we, take care and and really answer that call to the fiduciary responsibility in our 401k plans. And David, one of the things, uh, I've got a question about the fiduciary in particular, that word, but before we do that, somebody listening that says, you know what, I need to get on top of this. I know I need help with this. I know there's conflicts of interest. How would they get in touch with somebody like you or you specifically to maybe uh, start that conversation? And what does that look like?
2: Well, first thing is, I, you know, I, I've just published a book. I would, I would love them to, to take a look at the book. It's Rewarding Retirement, and they can find that on Amazon, Apple Books, anywhere they, they buy their, their books. Uh, me personally, I'm on Twitter. Um, Retire advisor one is my handle. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my company is Pension Consultants, and that's pension-consultants.com. And uh, obviously, we would be happy to, to help anybody that's listening.
1: Well, one of the things that comes up, uh, well, let let me, let me step back a second. So, so we got that. So I'm curious for that listener that this, this is relevant to Brian, what does that process look like? So say they read the book, they've heard this interview and you know what? I want to go down that path. Is it, uh, is it you come in, sit down and do a consultation? Because I'm sure every single organization, every plan situation is gonna be unique. So I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some customization to it. So if I'm thinking about I need to go down
2: this path, what might that process look like? Most plan committees have a plan advisor that are, that's already working for them most of the time. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I've done in the book that I would want to communicate to people to empower them themselves is there's three major tests to know if your plan is actually performing well for your employees. Okay. And, and Bo, if you think about this, this applies individually to anybody that's listening to it. it applies to you and to me. Um, you have to have the proper amount of contributions being set aside okay. for your retirement, right? So if, if, if you save $50 a month, you're probably never going to accumulate enough money to retire. Right. So the first major test is, are the employees contributing enough to be on track for retirement? And that that applies to you or to me, and it applies to the workforce in general. The second thing is you have to have good investment performance. If you earn 2% a year throughout your working career versus earning 6.5%, that has a tremendous difference in the amount that you ultimately accumulate for retirement. So the Retirement Plan Committee should monitor the investment performance. Third thing is is the fees. As you as an individual, or especially in our 401k plans, if the fees are high, they end up subtracting off of the returns that you end up making. So three things that any fiduciary committee should be monitoring and monitoring closely: the contributions for the employees, the investment performance in, in a 401k plan, that's through the lineup or the investment menu that they provide. And then three are the fees paid. And I outline specific metrics, so that you can know if each of those three things are working well. If those three things are working well in your 401k plan, you can know that you're doing a good job for your employees, and you can know that your employees are on track for retirement. If any of those three things are not working well, you've got a problem, and then you should either work with your existing advisor, Mm -hmm. or you should find one who can take care of it.
1: And it's that process of documenting hey, we went through these steps to, to check the checks and balances that I'm assuming will protect that company should, should there be some kind of an issue. Is hey, we didn't. If use- your
2: plan is performing well in those three areas, mm-hmm. you, you have very little chance of, of losing any kind of lawsuit. Okay. Because those are the three things that ultimately determine whether somebody is successful financially in retirement or not. And um, while there are other things you have to pay attention to as a plan committee member, those are the big three.
1: Got it. Well, we're talking to Brian Allen, I'm Bo Henderson. You're listening to Retirement Tips Radio. And Brian, the book, it was interesting to me, the, the title, when I saw the title, Rewarding Retirement. Now, what is that and how did you come up with that title?
2: Well, it's, it's, it has a double meaning, Bo. So okay. individual participant or the individual employee you obviously want to look forward to a day when your retirement is rewarding, right? Right. But from the committee standpoint, when you do your job well, you are rewarding their retirement. And so that's why we selected the title, that's why I selected the title, is because it it has a double meaning and it, it conveys the impact that a committee member's decisions and work has on real people.
1: Well, what's next? So I always like to say, so, so I've been fascinated, you, you, how long have you specialized in this, Brian?
2: This
1: specifically? Uh, I started,
2: started Pension Consultants in 1994. Oh, wow. So we, my company was actually one of the, one of the first in the country to specialize in these plan advice uh, areas. So we've been doing it for a long time.
1: Do you see, this is kind of my vision casting. And this can be specifically for you and pension consultants, or it can be for the industry. Do you see any changes or anything different? I guess my the, the short way to answer my question is, what do you see coming up in the next, maybe three, five years or so in what you do?
2: I, I think there's a trend and I'm trying to accelerate the trend. One of the reasons I wrote the book is I, I want to make the plan advice industry better, because I think that's what's needed to have more employees, more individuals in this country be financially secure. And the overall trends in, the, in our economy that I think is going to impact our industry is transparency mm-hmm. and accountability. Uh, if, if you hire a lawyer today, Bo, oftentimes you're, you're forced to decide on hiring that lawyer, whether you get along with them well or not. Maybe you ask a few friends if they're a good lawyer. But because you're not a good law, you're not a lawyer. Right. You ultimately don't know if that person is a skilled lawyer or not. It's very subjective, and most professions have been subjective for all of our lifetime. But what's happening in our society through the internet, and different things? There's all kinds of data now that you can um, you can actually quantify. Right or something is performing well. So what I want to happen is I want these plan committees to be able to quantify transparently whether their plan is performing well or not, and not just rely upon the personality of their advisors or the brand that is on their business card. And I think if we can create more transparency around these three key drivers, contributions, investment performance, and fees, that we can impact millions of people's lives that right now, frankly, is being the performance is being hidden behind a personality or a brand. Sure. That's not ultimately doing what it needs to do.
1: Well, Brian, I appreciate the work you do because when it gets to that, because it's both levels, right? We talked to you're you're helping the companies do what they should be doing at a better level. That transparency that, that going down to the consumer, maybe creating that confidence to save more, because that's one of the things we, we have come up all the time is we're not saving enough and we're living longer than we plan to. And it creates this double whammy that that's hurting Americans as far as being prepared and they're running out of money. So kudos. And thank you for the work you're doing to address that issue, because if it's not addressed, it just becomes a cycle that we're going to see get worse and worse. So appreciate the work you do and uh, check out Brian's book, rewarding retirement and that's available on Amazon and booksellers Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: retirement advisor one on Twitter to follow Mm -hmm. what he does and uh, website one more time, Brian? Pension-consultants.com. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your very unique and niche expertise with us on Retirement Tips Radio.
2: Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, had a lot of fun. Take care.
2: Hey, bye-bye.
0: Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X. The voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.